morning. This is BNC Live for Thursday, August 20th, 2020. Coming up, a conversation with Harrison Stoker from the Donley Group. The Donley Group owns uh, pubs uh, and barbershops, but also is the owner of Hobo Cannabis Stores, which is a changing their name but uh, to Dutch Love, but also expanding their footprint in the GTA uh, in Ontario and around Ontario as well. We'll check in with Harrison about that. One week from today, August 27th, join us for a Cannabis Forward Networking and Education event co-produced with Diversity Talk titled Social Equity and Practice. It is made possible by Shopify. Sign up on our website at businessofcannabis.ca. Thanks to our partners, BDSA, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, and Torque and Mains. And as always, we are protected by ALSIT. Now, Harrison Stoker of the Donley Group talking about Dutch Love, formerly Hobo, and their expansion in Ontario and throughout Canada. Enjoy. Harrison, thanks for being here. Pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about some openings first because cannabis retail openings in Ontario are cause for celebration. So we're going we're to celebrate first. You guys opened uh, one store near my house, so thank you, uh, in Parkdale, uh, and one in Ottawa Centre, if I'm not mistaken. How does it feel to get all everything lined up and through Ontario's process and opened all during a pandemic. Oh, I might be able to say that we're getting better at this at this point. <laughs> it sounds crazy. Uh, it feels like we've been in this for a decade, but really it's been uh, just under two years. Um, but our work with the AGCO and our relationship there uh, is increasingly getting uh, less hazy, if you will, um, a little bit more clear cut. Um, hence last week when we did a bit of a doubleheader opening, as you said, one in Toronto, Parkdale on Thursday, and then the very next day, Ottawa's Centertown, sort of our uh, return to Bank Street, actually, where we opened our very first location in April 2019, you know. Circa, Seems like a million years ago. The 19th century, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And, 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 and like, I, I get I've, sort of from an operational perspective, which I think we talked about the first time. I mean, you guys have other lines of business within the Donley Group. Like, relative to staffing up a, a restaurant or a barbershop, like, w how is it to staff up a new cannabis retail store in the midst of what's happening, both with retail and with cannabis and with COVID right now? Yeah, good question. I mean, there's certainly uh, some sort of nuanced challenges for sure. Um, just like a lot of employers in the market who are sort of grappling uh, with detaching people from CERB and convincing them to come back into the public forum, um, th that's incredibly challenging. I think maybe the silver lining here, the cannabis retail uh, industry and the cannabis industry at large in Canada is so curious and interesting and, uh, and wonderful and appealing um, that people really are starting to gravitate towards it. Um, specifically with the crossover of, you know, the retail industry, which employs a considerable amount of people uh, in this nation, uh, with cannabis culture, uh, which has been really embedded in a lot of people's lives, um, you know, being able to kind of merge those two uh, very officially uh, and still be able to kind of, you know, call your dad and say, hey, I have a real job in cannabis. This is, this is a big deal for a lot of people who have yeah, <laughs> like, always dreamt of making that call or legitimizing their, their passion. So uh, I, I think we sort of have uh, to our advantage a little bit of leverage there. 
Um, and, uh, you know, a, a year and a half uh, into uh, cannabis retail, uh, we've sort of created a bit of equity and goodwill uh, as an employer uh, and attracted a lot of talent. So um, I think one of our mandates culturally is to attract the kind of talent that attracts other talent. Uh, and it's something that I think we really succeed at. Um, so, you know, on one hand, challenging, uh, on the other hand, uh, pretty seamless. Yeah. And, and, and this is not the, this is the beginning of the Ontario expansion, not the end of it. And, and I think we all this week expecting the ramp up of more from the AGCO and sort of a, a speed up, a sped up timeline. And so what does the expansion look like both in Ontario for you guys and sort of plans? And I, I, I can say that because it's nothing secret because in many of them, the, the, um, the, the, the windows are up or the vinyl, the vinyl siding is up. I know yeah. on Ossington and on Bloor near my house. Um, but also sort of throughout Ontario and the GTA, but also in other provinces. Like, what does your map look like uh, for the coming year, I guess? Well, let's start with Ontario, uh, your backyard. Uh, the GTA has always been a real focus of ours. Um, uh, we got there a little over five years ago with hospitality. We really love that community. We really love that culture. Um, and it's close to home in the sense that we have operations set up already. And so uh, the GTA is a real focus point, but in Ontario at large, uh, with last week's double header, we've uh, sort of eclipsed the nearly halfway mark of our growth strategy. We had aimed to open 15 locations in Ontario uh, by the end of 2020. Uh, we're now at seven uh, with uh, the potential memorandum that's coming out from the AGCO today. Uh, our objectives could well be met to get up to that 15 mark. Uh, we're pretty confident it will be. Uh, so Ontario is really exciting for us and we're about halfway. Um, in BC, we've got an operator's quota of eight locations. Uh, we've currently got five. We'll fulfill that quota uh, with before Q1 next year, probably. Um, and then uh, we'll sort of grapple with the province a little bit about uh, renewing that policy in a different way um, so we can continue to expand our footprint here. Uh, Alberta is a good example of uh, a, a, a market that we've tampered our expectations in. Uh, we were late to the party there and a little bit bullish and we've really slowed down our growth strategy. We've got two locations there. We had intended to open eight to ten. Uh, we won't at this point. And um, we're now seeing some uh, nice little wins in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So expect to see us there in Q1, Q2 of next year, um, which we're super excited about because we still think there's a lot of white space. Uh, in, in central Canada there. Yeah, well, that's, that's an aggressive game plan, but also as you say it, and I'm reflecting on sort of what conversations we've had in different format forums, uh, both in Ontario in terms of what the regulations look like and BC as well, like that is a, those are both um, uh, strong goals, achievable goals, and ones that sort of do marry a sort of a national footprint of a, a retail brand, right? I mean, it's, it's really, as many sort of roadblocks that have been put up for everybody along the way, like there is seemingly a smoother path forward sooner than later, I guess. Yeah, I think we may have touched on it last time we talked, but I think perhaps the mantra of early, the early, you know, the beginnings of this industry may be uh, creativity, creativity through constraint. Um, you know, there's the, the hurdles are seemingly uh, infinite. They're being thrown at us from all different angles. Um, so staying really agile, staying really nimble, uh, you know, being able to, to, to skip and jump over those have really been uh, perhaps our, uh, our, our, our the real success story for us. And, and I think 
I'd argue that we're maybe the most sort of tenaciously agile company out there. We're still uh, privately owned and independent, which gives us a lot of flexibility uh, to move fast. And we're not afraid uh, to, you know, knock down doors where we need to. Um, so it's, you know, a lot of our G DNA that was earned through the grind of hospitality has really uh, put us in a bit of an advantageous position here in the cannabis industry, uh, just because we haul ass. Yeah. Speaking of hauling ass and speaking of nimble, um, it did not go unnoticed by anybody that, that the, the, the name Hobo is now changing to Dutch Love or has changed and will change and is changing. Talk a little yeah. bit about, about that. And it's, it's been well covered, but I'd love to sort of talk to you about sort of that change, what it means for the brand and sort of the full implementation of that in terms of a timeline. Yeah, well, let's go backwards. The timeline is going to be fast, uh, as we're known for. Uh, I, I don't think I could really support that statement about how agile and nimble we were uh, without ripping the bandaid off pretty quickly here. Um, so last week, uh, the Parkdale location, the Centertown location opened, both of them opened as, as, a, as a Dutch love. Uh, and over the next uh, roughly three weeks, our current 12 locations that are branded Hobo uh, will switch over to, to Dutch love. Um, you know, it was a decision that we, uh, as you can imagine, uh, were really challenged by because we had uh, designed a brand um, that was uh, certainly disruptive uh, by nature. We didn't hide the fact that uh, we weren't designing a brand for everybody. Uh, we don't really believe that's the way brands work anymore, um, but uh, could have never foreseen uh, this social movement that occurred. Uh, and we were certainly not exempt uh, from being under the thumb or under the bus, if you will. Um, and so we wanted to, we really acknowledged uh, the fact that, uh, you know, perspectives uh, there were really different. And um, what really got us was the sense of inclusivity um, that was really important. You know, we were fully prepared to, you know, to stay steadfast in our, in our belief that, you know, our definition of, of hobo was different than a lot of other people's definition of, of hobo. And, you know, even coincidentally, Miriam Webster's uh, Instagram account last week. Oh, did Hobo? Yeah, actually defined it as, a, you know, compared to a bum or a tramp. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, we were, by that time, we were committed to change, but we hadn't done it publicly. And we're looking at this Miriam Webster Instagram account, you know, shit, are we doing the right thing? You know, are we, you know, are we really crumbling our belief and value system? Um, you know, and, and obviously we had built uh, an incredible uh, base, both customers, arguably more important, our, our own staff that really truly believe uh, in, in that brand uh, and most, most certainly were heartbroken to hear the news that we we're changing it. But uh, I think, um, you know, the goalposts have changed recently. Um, culture, culture is evolving more rapidly than it ever has before. I think it's important uh, that agility uh, piece that we talked about to be able to uh, pivot really quickly, you know, acknowledge that there's, um, we're not being as inclusive as we could be um, and, and make a change, you know? Uh, and so we did, and we decided to do it. Um, it was a little challenging, of course, and in Ontario, a lot of our model sort of uh, uh, rides on the fact that we've got cannabis retail license partners there. And we also uh, have a small investment team, uh, uh, sorry, some, investment partners and and so it's not like uh, you, you know our agility we could have done it you know in a matter of weeks but we need to kind of uh, get past all of these these milestones these stakeholders make sure that as a collective we're agreed um, you know and you go to speak to a, a retail license partner in Ontario 
and say, hey, listen, we want to change the name. They look back at you and say, are you, are you, are you shitting me? Are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, business has never been better. In fact, you know, while we were under the thumb uh, of that movement, business was even better than better. Um, you know, you could argue that uh, in, in any news is, is good news in a sense. Um, and so, but we did it. We wanted to do it. You know, it was important to us. Um, we wanted to make sure that our staff felt uh, like they were always in a, in, in a safe, inclusive uh, environment. And so we made a change. That's great. I mean, it, it takes a lot, well, it takes a lot of operations to actually make it uh, strategic, uh, thinking about it, actual thinking about it, uh, operationally making the change. It takes a lot to sort of do it from a corporate communications perspective as well, internally and externally. So kudos to you guys for making that change, making it happen quickly, making it happen extensively, making it happen and rolling it out. So, so kudos to you guys on that front. Um, and and I, I quite like the name. I'm looking forward to the Parkdale store and the stores that are going to be opening even closer to my house. Uh, I think I'll have three within relative walking distance. So there's, there's, uh, there's only so much cannabis I can buy, uh, apparently. Um, but I, but I, as always, I, I appreciate the time uh, to, to talk to us. Uh, good luck on the ramp up of uh, GTA and good luck on the rollout of Dutch Love. And we look forward to connecting with you down the road. Thanks, Jay. Cheers. Thanks, Harrison.